Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Testing demand outweighs supply. Six months in, and COVID-19 is still an issue here in the United States. The number of cases and deaths continue to increase every day, especially in select states such as Texas, Arizona, and Florida. However, the ratio of the number of testing kits to the number of people needing to get tested are not in sync. Many testing sites are now running into shortage of testing supplies in getting test results from labs due to the increase in need for testing. The New York Times states that in June alone, there were three times as many tests conducted compared to April. Now, recently at a testing site here in our hometown of New Orleans, it was reported that tests ran out within five minutes of opening. As a result, many people had to leave the site untested. Also in Phoenix, people reported they had to wait in their cars for several hours to get tested in over 100 degree heat. This displays the severity of the shortage and the demand for more supplies in the U.S. With the rise in cases, it is even more important that testing be made readily available for anybody who needs it. However, many states have reverted to only giving tests to those with symptoms in order to preserve testing supplies. And Doc, you know what that's going to do? That pre-selects, that means folks that are have uh, pre high pretest probability, mm -hmm. that means the test positivity is gonna be going up and we need those test positivity rates to be below five or even 3%. What are your thoughts on these? So it, it seems in essence we will be chasing our tail again yes, at some point. Yes, that's a very good analogy. Yeah. So in order to combat the surge, the Department of Health and Human Services is issuing 15,000 free tests a day for 12 days to new pop-up sites in certain cities, including Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Edinburgh, Texas, and Jacksonville, Florida. The service will be free to numerous groups of people, people over the age of five, anyone with symptoms of the virus, and anyone with potential or confirmed exposure to the virus. They're hoping this aids in the shortage. However, it doesn't replace the shortage issue uh, at the established sites around the country. Testing was an understandable challenge several months ago when the world was blindsided by this new pandemic. But sadly, the challenges still exist in the systems in place now. If you think you might have COVID-19, don't hesitate to go out and get tested. Folks, we're in an ever-evolving system of shortages of supplies in novel pandemic times. So understand... Doc and Doc and I are always out here pushing for your protection and safety, so don't let anything be an excuse from you going out to get tested. Get tested, get tested. Hey, Doc. Doc and Doc and I, that was good. Go and get tested. Uh, and also, testing, tracing, isolation, face masking, uh, are, and hand washing are the best ways to protect yourself and your family. Doc, Doc and I. And bad jokes. <laughs> bad, horrible jokes. Horrible. College plans for the new academic year. 
Students and families have eagerly awaited the news about how universities plan to go forward with the 2020-2021 academic year. Now, many colleges across the country have released their tentative plans regarding which students will be permitted to return to campus and whether classes will be offered in person or only online. Some schools plan to return all students back to campus, while others, such as Princeton, Yale, and Stanford, plan to return students at reduced capacities. For instance, allowing freshmen and sophomores to attend in the fall and juniors and seniors to return in the spring. These schools will offer select classes in person that can be accommodated under social distancing guidelines, and with other classes, such as what has been offered in a giant lecture hall, will now be offered online. On the other hand, schools like Harvard released plans to hold all course instruction online with no in-person offerings at all. Harvard will allow freshmen on the campus in the fall and seniors may return in the spring. Juniors and sophomores will not be permitted to return to campus for the entirety of the 2020-2021 academic year. With these new plans and limited in-person class offerings, there comes a concern for how international students will be able to maintain their visa status. Monday, ICE, ICE announced that international students pursuing degrees in the U.S. will not be allowed to remain and can face deportation if classes are only offered online. This puts thousands of international students at risk of being sent back to their countries of origin with this rule in place. This would make deep cuts into school budgets as international students are often the most valuable customers. Dr. Riggs, I'm conflicted in so many different ways. I, I you know, I, I um, of course, safety uh, is number one, but I, I just think that the idea that this governmental uh, entity will step in and make these announcements that um, that I don't see any advantage. There's no reason for, for that to actually be the case. But there's so many layers here. How do you unpack it? Yeah, Doc, we're definitely living in interesting times. Uh, since the release of the university's plans for that, this academic year, many students, both international and domestic, are considering taking gap years. The college experiences they dreamed of are not within reach right now as the country continues to face the detrimental effects of COVID-19. We're all trying to figure this thing out. Many colleges refuse to reduce tuition and some are even threatening to increase tuition. This new academic year will look unlike any other we've seen before. With financial concerns, travel and living concerns, and the overarching concern of having an abnormal college experience, students and their families prepare to make some big decisions regarding how they'll proceed with the 2020-2021 school year. Well, that's a tough one to say and an even tougher one to think about. Doc, these are, uh, well, I guess we'll just have to see. I mean, that's, that's really, really got to be tough. You know, you mentioned somewhere in here that there was going to be an abnormal college experience. And my sense is that I think this is... This is, new this is the new normal college yeah. experience. And yeah, they say growing is tough. Uh, well, we just started growing. Yeah. Be careful what you believe. Folks, this is another segment on Noise Filter where we focus on personal stories. Since this COVID-19 pandemic began, people have been having, since this COVID-19 pandemic began, people have been desperate to find any cure they possibly can. Unfortunately, in extreme cases, this led to people using unapproved or experimental medications, which proved to be dangerous or sadly even fatal. A tragic case involving a Florida teen stands out. 
At just 17, Carson Davis had already experienced a tough childhood from battling cancer and autoimmune disease and a nervous system condition. When she asked her parents if she could go to a church event to see her friends, her parents gave her permission. The event had over 100 children in attendance, and she, like many others, did not wear a mask. Carson's parents, who are both in the medical field, gave her azithromycin five days prior to the event because they thought that this would be a good preventative medicine for her. Azithromycin, of course, is an antibiotic uh, and doesn't really affect the transmission of the virus like COVID-19. After she returned from the event and fell sick, her parents gave her hydroxychloroquine, which you may remember uh, is an anti-malaria drug. It also has uh, medication uh, that suppresses the immune system for diseases like rheumatoid arthritis uh, and uh, lupus. But you may also remember that the FDA and the CDC and the WHO have issued warnings about it. Anyway, both hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin are both considered safe in most people, they do cause some adverse reactions, and particularly heart rhythm problems, and they can be life-threatening. Now, because of the risk of heart problems when hydroxychloroquine is used alone, or even in combination with azithromycin, the FDA cautioned it that it only should be used for clinical trials, and most, if not all of these, have now been canceled after showing limited results. Doc? While taking this medication, Carson's health deteriorated. She developed a headache, sinus pressure, and a mild cough. Her mother reported that her skin turned grayish and gave her supplemental oxygen. This oxygen was normally used for Carson's grandfather. More than a week passed before her family finally took her to the hospital where she was diagnosed with COVID-19. At first, her parents didn't want her on a breathing machine, so she started receiving plasma therapy instead. Soon, she had no choice but to be intubated, but by then it was too late. Her health had already deteriorated. Carson's mom was upset that the doctors would not give her daughter more hydroxychloroquine. Although the FDA warned that the drug was not safe, her parents still had faith in it. Carson is one of a small percentage of teens who sadly ended up dying from COVID-19. Doc? Yeah, this is super tough, and, and it's super tough to even report here on Noise Filter because it is heartbreaking to imagine the, the, the emotional loss uh, of losing a child, uh, especially when you're making decisions about exposure and medical care. It, it's, it's really hard uh, to add anything more uh, to the tragic loss uh, uh, that this story uh, covered. Um, I, you know, you and I have been talking about this for months, uh, and, and we recognize that some of these medical um, recommendations that have come, uh, f that have been promoted through social media, uh, that have been promoted through the non-traditional routes that we typically go through, uh, it just it, it has taken off. And we heard about the folks, the couple in Arizona that had taken some... Um, fish cleaning solution because it had an element of hydroxychloroquine in it. It's, it's sad, and what makes it even more tragic is these, these were health professionals. Um, but all in all, we tell this story as a cautionary tale to remind all of us that, uh, that every death has, has a name, uh, has a story, and has a family. And uh, all we can do is just send uh, the, the greatest amount of empathy and love to this family. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. 
Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right. Thank you.